What's up, everybody? This is a new kind of episode for us. So officially, this is episode 185 of the Youth Ministry Booster podcast, but we're going to flavor and pepper in some of these member-focused episodes uh, every so often, maybe on the weekly, every other weekly, because we wanted a lot of folks outside of our community to hear what's going on inside of our community. We have some amazing youth ministry members inside the YMB community having real ministry discussions every week, and so we wanted to share some of those with you. So to hear from some of the folks, have some of the folks share back with you because youth ministry is this community that is better together when we're all sharing what's going on. So you can hear some of the questions, hear some of the commentary, and learn from what other youth ministers are going through. So you want to check this episode out with our buddy Nick and our buddy Dylan talking about worship ministry and student leadership and involvement. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to say, make sure to check the links below because if you are checking this out before the end of September, we've got a couple ticket giveaways for NYWC19. Two folks are going with us for free to NYWC, and two of our Youth Ministry Booster members are also going with us for free. So four chances to win, two on the outside of the community, two on the inside of the community. Check it out. Uh, But till the end, here's Nick and Dylan talking about student ministry and worship leading. I guess the first question is how many of you have student bands that lead your worship? Um, So that's the first question. And then the second question is, um, or I guess, I guess my statement to that is we did in the past and we've had such an issue with the elitist mentality with some of our students, particularly the younger ones, like middle school students coming up. So the issue that I'm running into now is this year, we, we opened our sign-up, so we have middle schoolers that are kind of apprenticing, um, okay. and then high school, it, the experienced high schoolers can lead, but I, I had two high schoolers sign up, and so now I've got l- no band. Um, one, of, one of my high schoolers is a, uh, she sings, the other high schooler is my son who plays piano. I have very little musical, musical ability. Um, so I have adult leaders that I've turned this over to, and we're actually meeting tonight, but how do you guys approach issues where you don't have what you need to actually fulfill that? So, right, like tonight, my high, my adult leaders, I've got four adult leaders, um, tonight, which is great, but we want that turned back over to the students. So how do you, how do you guys recruit, engage, and like carry that out? So, so I think the, the, the idea of the band stuff is always tricky because it's like the most cyclical part. The most obvious cyclical part of youth ministry is you can have somebody that's really good for two, three, four years, and then they just move on and they have to. Uh, I mean, I think, I think sometimes it's a little bit you work with what you have. And even if you're a son playing piano and a couple singers and maybe a djembe is what you have, that's what you have. Uh, and sometimes the best bands are born out of the need for you know, hey, we need a, you know, we don't have a drummer and that like shows a kid who's in the audience like, well, I play drums, I'd like to play. And so, you know, being consistent about working with what you have is important. Uh, but man, you're doing it right by having the right kinds of signups. I, I think the elitism thing is a very real concern and prevents a lot of youth pastors from pursuing um, some student leadership opportunities in that way because they're afraid of creating the shelf. But I think if the elitism is met with really strong expectations, like if you don't come to rehearsal on Tuesday or Wednesday, then you don't play on Sunday or Wednesday, right? Like if you don't come to practice, then you don't play. You're not out of the band. You're just not playing that week. 
or if you know if you have like a leadership meeting structure that they're not coming to and participating in or if they don't come ready with the songs then it's like hey man you're not playing tonight like if you if you didn't get the email or the text message of the planning center uh, reminder and looked up the songs and learned them like if you don't know the words of the songs and you're not singing tonight and i think there's some there's some ways in having the expectations high but i also think uh involving quite a few people on rotation is another way to help kind of mitigate some of that elitism concern uh, so that way if you have a girl who's like, uh, like we have some students who are part of our band that just always sing sharp and we include them and we mix appropriately um, because they come to practice, they know the words uh, and we try to blend their vocals best we can. Uh, and so by having it not just be who's best, but who is committed helps to kind of, again, try to like rotate that. And, and really other than the one guy, uh, because he's just kind of our main go-to drummer, almost everybody is no more than a couple weeks on couple weeks off. And so it's never like on the band. Uh, and so I think just trying to like, even, even if the band some weeks is like piano and djembe and two singers, that's a cool band, right? Like that's a thing. Pads and loops are a thing. And so just being able to spread, sh share the love, share the joy. Uh, but meet, if, if it's a place of honor, then you meet that with even higher expectations because they'll rise to the level because they want to be a part of it and not being afraid of like, you know, you didn't come to practice, you're not playing or you haven't been here in six months. So why can you show up? You know, always having a clear path back. It's not like you're gone forever. It's just, hey, man, you're not you're not going to be doing this uh, for a few weeks or whatever. I think is a really important part of that. Chad, what are your thoughts? Um, so I'm going to take conversation in a different direction. Okay. Um, and say, I think I think everyone's band serves a different purpose in their context, right? And probably what you're trying to do overall. Um if your primary goal in your ministry is uh, is growing is growing students in their gifts and utilizing the gifts in all aspects, then I, I think you, you utilize and you use the band and what you guys are talking about as plugging students in, you know, them growing in their gifts and, and establishing a, a band for yourself on a Wednesday or Sunday or whenever you need. Um, for me, for years, our our band has always been this thing where it, I, I wouldn't even consider it a primary area of service. We had we had students playing in our band, um, but if I was trying to identify ways for students to serve, um, I would say band was lower on that list for me, primarily because. The, our expectation for the quality of our band was really high. Okay. Um, because we identified our, our large gatherings, our primary focus was um, ev evangelism and kind of a, a growth engine for our overall ministry. And so we didn't see our Wednesday night as our primary discipleship method, you know what I mean, portion of our ministry. And so because of that, while we had areas of service all through our Wednesday nights with students, we, we wanted the level of our band to be something that very few middle school and high school students could ever pull off. And so our band was primarily made up of adults. Okay. 
specifically um, the the key leader, you know, the like vocalist of the night was an adult for us. And then a lot of times we would get to the place where it was just one adult on stage and students. And, and we had a lot of students, to be very honest, that were part of the band um, that actually never saw one of our main stages in any of our services. Um, now they were all, they were invited and they would come to practices and play worship with our, our band at practices and things like that. Um, but we, I mean, we had the standard of this, this is what it takes to, you know, to lead worship for us at, at one of our services. And that, that was pretty high. So, so for you, the band was almost more of like the like a front door than it was like a training opportunity. Yeah, because we we didn't want to we didn't want to sacrifice quality of that time in our large groups in, in our large group settings. Hmm. That that just wasn't that wasn't an area that we wanted to. And 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 to be honest, like that was while we had less students involved in that. We had more students engaging in worship. Okay, so there was a little uh, bit of yeah. a trade-off there of, of who got to be on on stage involved, but maybe who was more involved in the room. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because and and it goes back to the the idea of context, right? Like, if if your whole goal is you know Wednesday night for us is a place for believing students to serve, then yeah, your your band should be made up all of students. If you're trying to develop a band that's also like high quality that new students that come in are going, God, the music is awesome. Some Imagine Dragons cover songs. Absolutely. That, yeah. That's really hard to do with middle school students yeah. who don't practice except when they get together with a band practice, right? Maybe there is some conversation about how often the frequency. Josh White's not here on the call, but he he would share. Uh, you know, his band only plays once or twice a month, and so for them, that gives them more time to like. So they use like instead of trying to get it ready every single week, like this week is getting ready for next week, or like these two weeks are getting ready for next month, and that can help take some of the pressure off um, a student team trying to put the right amount of preparation in to kind of raise the bar for what they're trying to do. Uh, but also because he doesn't have uh, a real dedicated point person that's always, that's kind of under his umbrella of stuff. And so I think, you know, if you have some other adults that can take that on, that's a way to, um, again, because it, like Chad is sharing, it, it can be as high level. I mean, there's probably somebody on your church staff is getting paid to do that every week. And so for us inside of our own youth ministries to be responsible for that, like it, it takes, that's the real reflection of having the right people in place and the team, the delegation, um, to do it well is you got to have other people to help out with it because it, it requires a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the problem that we're coming out of is when I started volunteering with this youth ministry, our music, cal I mean, our students, my oldest son came up through it and they have three albums that they recorded, just student worship. Um, and then now at, at, over the last five years, as that's transitioned out and those to now where we have, like I said, two or three students that are nominal at best, but the expectation of quality is still there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it is a hard one. And and I wrote some notes down and some of this stuff uh, we're talking in a meeting tonight before we have practice to kind of hash out even 
Like I, I told the, my adult leaders, I want to be able to step away from this because I'm not gifted in that area. And what's that, what that's created is like, well, now the, the one person that said that he'd be in charge doesn't want to be in charge of the other adult. I think, I think for you, I think the big important part is making clear the expectation that you have. Like, is the expectation the quality of worship? or the development of students to one day get to that quality. Cause I I'll be honest. I don't think you cannot have both of those at the same time. Right. Like right. you just can't, you, the, the talent's not there. And so I think identifying that for your adults and giving them the clear vision of, okay, for us, we want to, we want to start with quality, meaning we probably have more adults on the stage and we do it students at first, knowing that the majority of our students that are, in, are wanting to be involved are actually middle school students. And so instead of having primarily students on stage, we're going to have primarily adults on stage and we're going to integrate students one at a time. One of the things that we did was, and, and it feels a little weird, but like having you know, you can get away having two electric guitar players at the same time, right? On stage, when, when you have like one really good adult or whatever, and then a student there on stage with them, just getting that experience. And so it still feels, you know, it sounds full, sounds great. Um, so you're not sacrificing the quality, but slowly enough, you're, you're building that back in to where three three years from now, now you do have ultimate student engagement and you still have your quality. And, and so it's, it's really hard to do both of those at the same time because man, I just found you throw, you throw students up there that aren't ready and it's great for the students on stage, but man, the rest of your room suffers if, if we're going to be really honest. Um, and, and we can say, and, and I agree at some extent, like, Students love to see other students on stage. Um, they also like to have music that doesn't it's make them yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it doesn't distract. Correct. I've I've done enough polls of students over the years, and you can ask them, "Hey, what's your favorite part of you know our big Wednesday nights or whatever?" Students engage with worship, and it is really important. If you're trying, if you're trying to grow, to have that piece be really, really good. So some of my toughest kids on our Friday night gathering, Chad, and this is one of the shifts that we've made, is Friday nights is almost purely adult-led because it's our toughest crowd of students. Um, worship music is the most softening effect. Better, better than comedic teaching, better than good donuts, better than great coffee. Like when Jordan and his like adult buddies lead, and they're so good because he's a worship pastor on Sundays and he's help helping out as a volunteer with us on Fridays, like the strength of that leadership, some of the toughest crowds, like our Sunday morning crowds, a bunch of church kids or whatever. It's a little bit of a softball. As long as you finish the song and it's in key, like they will love you and support you. But Friday nights, man, I, I have seen, we did some seasons where we had some people that maybe weren't ready, that it was just like, they were having a hard time. And then like the whispers started happening and you just felt bad for everybody where it was just like, and so I was, I mean, yeah, no, chat, chat is right on uh, that declare your intentions. Like you don't have to be involved in all the minutia, 
but you should help as the pastor shepherd and declare the intentions uh, to keep that clear so they know what they're, what they're being held to. I'm probably the least equipped to uh, dive into this. <clears throat> I'm not you know, musically inclined, musically gifted. And uh, the church we're at, they've never had a student. I mean, our youth group is on Sunday mornings right after the worship service. So what we have decided, and I have two leaders that would, you know, have pushed and said, you know, I'd really like to do a youth worship band. We did it. We thought it'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but my students aren't there. They're not as interested. Uh, and the few that are, I actually just kind of work it out with our director, our worship director and say, Hey, can we get them in during the regular service? You know what I mean? Uh, so they get a little bit of extra work. Um, they get a little bit of hands-on experience with the director um, and then they can, you know, eventually get up on stage. And so they, they actually participate in our regular service that way. So, but I think Chad's right. It's, it's, you got to have your goals. And so for us, you know, I tell my two leaders, I'm like, if the goal is just to get kids in worship, why can't they just do that on a Sunday morning during the regular service? Um, if we are wanting to do something else, then we can talk about that. And, you know, with just where we're at right now, it just seems like they just are interested in doing it because they like doing it. And I'm like, we'll just do that on stage and bring some teens along with you and make sure they're, you know, practice with them during the week and you build relationships and, and do it that way. So uh, I don't know if that's helpful at all, but that's just kind of how we have yeah. done it and how I've kind of shifted that from wanting to do our own youth specific worship team to saying, you know, let's just make them a part of the larger body because it just makes the most sense. And it seems to fit where we're at right now in our context. You know, the, this conversation is really more about understanding your your context and what you're trying to accomplish more than it is about band. Because this this is, I think this is true about many different areas of you know, uh, what, what we're doing and all those kind of things. And I think seeing, seeing each element of your ministry as part of the whole and not feeling like you've got to do everything in every one of the things that you offer, right? Like we've got to be evangelistic. We've got to be discipleship minded. You know what I mean? Like, and we try to like push everything into it instead of realizing like, okay, my small groups are my discipleship method. You know what I mean? Like this is the purpose for each one of these. Um, that, w- that way you're able to build an overall ministry that hits each of these areas. And you're not trying to make one program uh, do, do everything for every student. Um, because man, that, that is... That's a gymnastic that's really hard to accomplish and do well. There you go. A little sneak peek inside the midweek coaching calls over Ethan Tree Booster Network. Thanks again, Dylan and Nick, for playing along this week. Uh, if you enjoyed the conversation, come check it out on the network. Thanks for listening, and we'll get more podcast goodness to you real soon. But in the meantime, if you would like to follow the podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button, rates, reviews, and all the places that you enjoy your podcast, whether that's Spotify, uh, Google Play, if that's your thing, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Uh, we're thankful that you're listening, and we'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on social media at Youth Ministry Booster on Instagram and Facebook and Ministry Booster on Twitter. Shoot some questions out to us, some ideas and conversations that you would like to have about things related to youth ministry. But until then, we'll see you again. I'm going to turn your world upside down.
Gonna show you. 